This is Jazzology. It's a real science, honestly. Not just a podcast of me talking about me. Or, or maybe it is. It's Jazzology. Hello and welcome to the Jazzology podcast. My name is Jeremy Johnson and I am your host, as well as being a singer-songwriter. This series is based upon a number of Instagram lives I did in late 2020, when I invited some wonderful musicians and singer-songwriters who have been part of my musical journey over the years to come on, sing some songs and chat about music and other stuff. This episode is episode three and features Hannah Rebecca, who was born and bred in the US, but is now a nomadic, traveling singer-songwriter and musician. Hannah and I met at a BBC Music Conference in 2019 and a musical friendship ensued. So without further ado, over to the chat. And there she is! Hey! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this is the time when I have to adjust my face so that it's in the middle. Okay, I'm just going to, don't mind my hand, I'm just adjusting the volume. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> how are you hey, i'm great <laughs> how are you lovely to see you i'm very well thank you actually i think i'm gonna do i'm gonna plug my phone in just because it dies at death yeah that's actually i'm wondering about that too hopefully it's <laughs> fine i charged it up but <laughs> there's always like a ton of things which you just just never really kind of cross your mind and then suddenly something you know terrible happens in the middle of the stream and you think they're scrabbling around to try and fix it anyway um just to just because this is going to be retrospectively potentially people are going to watch this retrospectively i'll just give you a little intro as to how who you are and, and how i know you but basically um this is hannah rebecca um hannah and i met at a uh, uh she dances very well uh at a um a conference in london um now i i was um I was thinking to myself, which one did we meet at? Because I've been to two. And we met last year at Introducing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. So I met, I met a few. I had another guy who um, I invited to come on this um, Instagram live, who I also met last year on the open podium stage thing that they were hosting. You know, you yeah, yeah. I so, saw that. Uh, I saw your, your yeah, yeah, with yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you met Jerome. At that no shame. I mean, it, yeah. it'd be great if we could all meet each other, but it just there's never enough time. Anyway, so we That's met sure. at a um, <laughs> conference in London called BBC Introducing Live, which is the well, I guess the, it's the conference that's associated with BBC Introducing here in the UK, which is a big um, BBC-led um, initiative to bring underground music to the fore. I guess, um, yeah, and nice. we just sort of like kept in touch ever since. And um, yeah. you sent me a postcard. I, I did. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so you were touring somewhere? Was it? Was it in Scandinavia? I don't know where I was when I sent you that. Oh, yeah, no, I think somewhere. I think it was in Norway. Yeah, last year. Yeah, and you did a shout November out. So whoever replies to this, I'll send them a postcard, and I reply. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tried to include a pun. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very yeah. much. So yeah, so um, yeah, so that's my little intro. So um, other than that, I don't know a huge amount about you, to be honest. Because I know. <laughs> <laughs> all I know is you're a you're a fantastic singer songwriter. You travel a lot, and yeah, thank you. As far as I know, you're based out of Seattle, but I've never really known you to be in Seattle. So I guess that's this year more than anything. Would that be fair? Yeah, to say? yeah. I'm not really based anywhere. Um, I'm just here because of COVID. So I've been out here since March. And this is where my partner's family is from. 
Right. His dad is on this call. Um, <laughs> so, Rick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Welcome. Rick. Thank you for for tuning in. Um, yeah. So he, his family lives out here. Um, they live on. It's actually Vashon Island, which is like just a ferry ride out from Seattle. So we spent the first six months of the pandemic there with them, and then we are house sitting right now for six months in West Seattle. So nice. This is not my house. Okay. <laughs> so you don't you don't have to say anything. We'll just assume <laughs> this, is also, this is also not my house. So oh yeah. I was wondering where you were and like how long yeah. you were in your van for and like when you, you know, transitioned into a, into four walls. Well, I guess you have four walls in your van. But. It's very, it's very odd for me because I've been living the van life for two years pretty consistently. I mean, you know, I have little mm. spells where I'll go and stay with friends or I'll stay with family, but, but I've been in the van fairly consistently. And then COVID came along and I, I managed to do the first, locked down the van because I was out in France um, playing gigs in, in the Alps and, yeah. and then I, I, I was in the van over summer and then it just sort of like wasn't going away as we all know yeah. and it just became less and less feasible to be in a van you know this van life is, treads this kind of like strange is it okay isn't it okay boundary the whole time with yeah and with you know with the sort of general life and and it's it's kind of easy when you're you, when you're in the shadows a little bit, but when you're sort of like, when it's COVID and everyone's hyper vigilant and looking around all the time and worried, then suddenly living in a band becomes a bit more complex. So I've had to step away and I'm back with the parents. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, the, uh, for the current time. Um, but normally, normally I'd be going out to the Alps to play music in the, in the French Alps, um, basically now. Uh, so that's sort of on hold at the moment because France is you know, basically going, going to lock down again, I think, soon. We're very much sort of locked down here in the UK. So it's just yeah. a, I think it's going to be a winter of, you know, huddling up and, and sort of producing music from my bedroom, possibly. I don't know. It's, it's a complex. I think thing. that's what we're all doing this winter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. So before we get into, before we get to go down the sort of COVID rabbit hole, um, okay. I'd love to talk to you about how you got into music. Sure. Like, was it? Was it? I mean, I just, I just let you, I let you take that and, and interpret it as you will. But I'd love to know sort of the background as to how you're going to sing songwriting. Sure. Um, I, I have. My, I guess it's been a very slow burn. <laughs> like, um, my family like, wasn't is, musical or anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, oh my me into music and I listened to this cool stuff I like did not do any of that um I guess I got into music from school band so I was a drummer for a long time until like okay. my mid-20s and uh so I always played drums so I was in bands and stuff but always playing drums and I kind of started um I would always write lyrics and stuff ever since I was young and then when I was, I don't know, around 20 or so, I started kind of playing with guitar a little bit, but like very much hiding it to myself, don't show anybody, that kind of thing. And then um, when I was 26, that's when I started to have like all in my head. Yeah. But when I was 26, <laughs> that's like when I started to play shows. And I was super, super, super nervous to play in front of people. Yeah. And it took Year, like years to feel comfortable playing in front of people so it's been a very gradual thing 
Yeah. But I've always, I think I've always wanted to be a songwriter. You know, I just didn't have the confidence to do it because it's so different, you know, being out in front by yourself with your guitar instead of like behind a drum set in the back, no one cares. You can just like, you know, so that's kind of my story. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so I started playing shows and just, I just really loved it. And so I just kept doing it. And so now it's been quite a while and yeah, I just travel around playing music now. And I don't really have a home base. I don't have a home. I lived in a van for a while. (laughs) Like I've gone through several iterations of this, um, nomadic musical lifestyle yeah so that's kind of my summarized story well it's interesting um there's a couple of things um that's interesting so you're i think you're the sixth or seventh person i've done these lives with uh maybe six uh, six or seven and um at least three of the people i've talked to unbeknownst to me all started out as drummers including you how funny is that that's so strange I don't know whether there's something in that because it's not it's not a logical thing you would say you think well if you start off in drumming um but you basically become like the front woman or man and stand up there with a guitar on your own seems a strange leap yeah. but actually that's that's clearly been a thing um but yeah and there's all those jokes uh, about drummers who write songs you know like yeah yeah maybe you know no one wants to hear a drummer writing songs but yeah (laughs) that's so funny well i mean now i know three drummers who are great singer songwriters so i i can never say that again um what was your story how did you get into music um i I mean it's quite a similar story you know i mean i'm i'm now i'm 35 now and um i've only been doing this full time for like um two and a half and a half three years yeah and um and i i basically started i was doing a different job in my 20s and um i started to around my mid-20s i started to look I've, i've always been musical you know um i even you know i did music for school um although i did end up doing quite badly in in what we call a level music here where i got a U okay. and B, which is basically the worst yeah <laughs> yeah oh, okay uh, <laughs> so so somebody somebody tried their best to put me off music uh, in the early days um anyway yeah. so I, I i was always musical always played the guitar and I got to my sort of mid twenties and started to write songs and play with playing live. And similar to you, I started to with the open mics and did a few shows and super terrifying, like just the most terrifying thing I've ever done. But I really enjoyed that process of, um, you know, going through the insecurity and sort of trying to learn more about myself. And, and at some point I just said to myself, well, it'd be really nice to try and do this and see if this has, is more than I think it is. And so I, I dedicated some time and quit my job and said, right, I'm going to basically give this five years. And if this doesn't work out in five years, then fine. But, but I'm going to give it the best go I can. And that's sort of the road. You I'm gave on. yourself a deadline? Well, not, not a deadline, but I, I sort of said, I said feasibly if like, if like by the time I'm 40, essentially, that's essentially okay. what I've given myself time-wise. If I haven't, figured out a way to make this work legitimately and i'm pretty much there but it's just like there's there's levels of legitimacy then i will i will probably sort of like try and do something a bit more co-mingled with something else if you know what i mean but um okay. i'm basically giving myself full time until i'm 40 to sort of try and figure this music stuff out 
Okay, all right. What does legitimacy mean? But I'll, I'll, I'll always be, I'll always be a musician, of course. Um, I think it's like, um, kind of financial legitimacy, I guess. So having, sure, having like, enough, yeah. enough coming in that I'm not sort of like breadlining myself. And also at some point, you know, I can't really hide away from the fact that at some point I might have other people who might, you know, be, be um, reliant upon my, my oh, sure. ability to do money as well. So at the moment, <laughs> it's not the case. But, but I, I'd love for one day for there to be little, little Jeremy's running around. And I think... Um, if I'm still sort of living in a van and, and, you know, going day to day, sort of earning enough to pay for bread, that's probably not a sensible thing to do past 40. But I mean, I'll always be a songwriter and I'll always, I'll always continue yeah. it. That's the journey I'm on at the moment, I think. Cool. Well, that yeah, sounds I very unromantic, doesn't it? It but, sounds what? Unromantic. <laughs> Does it? Still, I'm 40 at least. Like, I'm going to throw myself fully into it, and hopefully I have a family someday that I can take care of. I think that's... I think that's super right here. <laughs> What'd yeah, you say? No, you're I right, can't you're right. That is, that's the romantic bit. Ah, yeah. I uh, said so that's the romantic bit, but then I suppose when it hits, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, cool. So, um, uh, so uh, let's bring it a little bit more up to date. So, so you've been writing songs for nine or ten years do you say yeah something like that yeah mm -hmm. and what what's that process been like have you have you has it just been a sort of a gradual thing or have you focused on pr production and getting albums out and singles and eps and stuff or have you just kind of let it evolve or how's that process been for you? yeah so when i started my goal was like play in front of people without being terrified and then from there it went to like um can I just play as many shows as possible? So I wanted to be able to just anywhere that I went, be able to play a show and stuff like that. So that, that was always like what I really loved to do and what I, what came easily, I guess. I was like finding shows, playing shows, but I never paid any attention to like, you know, I think feel like this is like a classic, musician thing or like a artist thing is like don't pay any attention to like how you're going to build a following or how you're going to continue you know what I mean I just yeah, didn't yeah. think of any of it so I was just like traveling around playing shows without like you know without anything I just would be like hi I'm I'm Hannah and Rebecca this stranger that you don't know here's my set bye you'll never see me again and I don't have any information <laughs> about you so like so it took me a while to be like to realize oh you know that's not a very practical way to go about it um and so the past I don't know three years or so I've been trying to focus on like how do I make this like sustainable income wise and like or just like even build you know building and maintaining like a fan base or like you know or whatever like how do I, what are all the practical steps that go into being an actual singer songwriter for your job, <laughs> for your career? And so that's what I've been focused on like the last three years, um, which I really appreciated about you when I met you at introducing because you had a very similar mindset. And I remember you said something like, yeah, you know, if you just have a, you were talking about like, I think other people, and I think because we were both a little older than like, you know, 22 year old pop singers, <laughs> <at> <laughs> yeah. it was like, 
was like, you were kind of like, um, yeah, you just need to have kind of this grown up attitude about it and, and go ahead and make it work. That's not exactly what you said, but the idea was, <laughs> was in my mind. <laughs> sure, yeah. um, well, and I think that's true. I mean, I think that being, I think being a musician is like, or a singer songwriter, whatever you're doing, I think it's fully, fully possible even more so now than it used to be. Um, and I think my whole life I've been kind of, um, realizing that, I guess, cause I don't know, I don't know what your upbringing was like, but for mine, like being an artist or a musician was just crazy talk, you know, <laughs> like that was not something anybody does. And so yeah. realizing that it's possible has been like, um, a really good thing. So that's what I've been focused on. And I re really resisted, um, recording music for a long time. I, I hated the pressure, you know, there, you know, the cost and the pressure and like having, you know, I had these perfectionist tendencies at the time. Resisted it. And recorded in, um, Brighton, a guy, a friend of mine now, his name's Allie. And he did all my recordings starting a couple years ago when we were house sitting out there and um and now i fucking love it you know <laughs> like it's so much fun <laughs> so it was like it's always been like this next hurdle you know or like this next obstacle to kind of get past mentally to be able to do it and so now i've done sure. um a few songs i did it like two summers like every time we go back there i record a bunch of songs and so i was meant to do that again this year but that obviously didn't happen so maybe this maybe this year we'll be back in brighton I don't know. It looks pretty well, bad over there. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's pretty... I mean, it's bad here, too, but... Yeah. Is it, have, you got a, yeah. have you got a British link? Is that... Um, do you have, like, a... Because you... Obviously, I met you in London, and you are talking about recording in Brighton. Is there a link for you in Britain? Do you have family here, or is it just a place... No, so we... My partner and I, we uh, house-sit around full-time until COVID. So... Okay. That's what we do. So for several years now, in the summers, we go to England for five months. So we stay in Uckfield, which is near Lewis, in between Brighton. Yeah, and <laughs> a lot of people don't know where Uckfield is. <laughs> yeah, well, I've never heard of Uckfield, but I know Lewis and Brighton. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, so we've... That's been home base until this year. So that's where I've, like got friends and stuff and come back to each each summer so that's kind of the link yeah i don't know where okay, i feel like i just tangented away a little bit but what was your question <laughs> so I, you know what that's that's a really good moment actually uh, speaking of um your love of recording music um is um i for this so for those of you who, who are watching i i ask um anyone who comes and does these lives with me to to bring an acoustic guitar or, or, I mean, some people have, I mean, everyone's come with a guitar actually, but I'd love somebody to come along with like a, I don't know, something else, a didgeridoo or, but anyway. I thought, I was thinking didgeridoo <laughs> when you went like this. Yeah. <laughs> didgeridoo? This is a big, big sandwich. Um, but um, yeah, um, so I asked Hannah to uh, oh, yeah, I bring bring a song with her, and um, I'd love to talk okay. talk a little bit about the song that you might want to play for us. Okay. Um, okay, I prepared some songs, or whatever, a couple songs, one or two. Anyway, um, this song is called "This World Is So Alive," and it was originally called 
they tried to tell me because that repeats throughout the whole song. Basically, I grew up in the Midwest in Wisconsin. And so like very conservative Christian Protestant, that whole thing. And uh, my upbringing was very much like, and my education was a lot like, there used to be a lot of trouble in the world. We solved all the problems and now everything's fine. <laughs> you know, was, was basically like my understanding of the world until I left <laughs> and yeah. realized that that was not the case. Yeah. Anyway, so like the last, you know, my adult life has basically been a lot of peeling back layers and unlearning a lot of things. And sure. so this song is basically about that. So, um, okay. Okay. Amazing. All right. Well, All right. I, I look forward to, uh, to hearing what I've been on learning. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, here we go. Okay. I'm going to drink some water. It's like 1030 here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, actually dark, it's dark here in the UK. Oh, I like your little lights behind there. Add some, add yeah, some um, ambiance. I wasn't sure whether it was okay, Very but nice. um, we still have 12 days of Christmas, right? I think that goes up till, I actually learned I this yesterday, January 12 6th? days on the 25th, so it goes up to January something or other, Six? so I'm going to leave it here. Yeah, I think so. so. Yeah, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Hold on. Yeah, okay. They tried to tell me that the world was dead. They tried to tell me that it's all in my head. They tried to tell me that they've got to figure it out. If I ask any more questions, I'd be going straight to hell. They tried to tell me God was a man. They tried to tell me if I do the best I can, the systems will allow us to be up there at the top. Tried to tell us both, tried to tell us all to stop. Let me be the one to break it, break it to you. This world is so alive, this world is so alive. Let me be the one to break it, break it to you. This world is so alive, this world is so alive. They tried to tell me this is how it has to be. They tried to tell me we don't need community. Tried to tell me it's better than history. They tried to sell me heroes who had no humanity. They tried to tell me this is the best I'll ever see. Hell, the blessed mediocre as extraordinary. They tried to tell me that the world is dead. Tried to tell me that it's all in my head. They tried to tell me that the world was dead. They tried to tell me, oh. given this world was a given no need for further action that's what they said your life is a given your world is a given no need for further action that's what they said they tried to tell me we're individuals they tried to tell me that what i have is self-worth tried to tell me to keep my thoughts to myself they tried to tell me to never ever reach out they tried to tell me that life should be hard and if you couldn't hack it you deserved what you got they tried to tell me that the world was dead tried to tell me that it's all in my head they tried to tell me that the world was dead they tried to tell me oh did they tell you those 
break it to you. This world is so alive. This world is so alive. Let me be the one to break it, break it to you. This world is so alive. This world is so alive. They tried to tell me to just ignore what I see. They tried to tell me to forget my own mortality. They tried to tell me that I will always be small. They tried to tell me I've got no power at all. They tried to tell me I am only physical. They tried to tell me about the evil in this world. They tried to tell me about the powers of me. They tried to tell me only to believe what I can see. Did they tell you those same things too? <laughs> very cool very cool yeah getting the getting the um so um i i, cobwebs out. I was, there you go. yeah sorry i didn't hear you <laughs> so i was definitely getting to the, yeah <laughs> yeah the, there's a little bit of uh there's a little bit of an issue with the uh connection matt it's okay we'll, we'll, we'll power on through um do you uh, it's interesting do you feel with your songwriting, I, I, a lot of people that I've talked to actually um, have, have come at songwriting from different perspectives, but it seems to me that you're someone who's fairly comfortable with the sort of more um, protest, um, uh, more political elements of songwriting, um, would you say? Is, is that something that you're, something that, that kind of comes to you naturally with your music? Yeah, I've never like um I've never been a big like love song person. I think when I was younger, I was like, I'm not going to write love songs, you know? Like yeah. I'm not. I think it's just um I don't know, I just <laughs> <laughs> like I uh yeah, it comes I think that's like what I like to write about cuz that's what I care about. So Yeah. Yeah, I think um yeah, it's, it's similar. Well, I mean, I, I, I write, it's interesting because I, I have a similar thing. I, I have this great um, uh, desire not to be the same as other people. But in reality, I'm, I'm fairly middle ground with my songwriting, I've realised. Like, there's a, I, I, I tend to, I, I guess I, I tend to do what a lot of songwriters do, which is to, um, to kind of rationalise your thought process in a song. So almost like, kind of, take the jumble of thoughts in your head and put it on paper and go, oh, okay, that's actually what I, what I feel about this. And, um, I think, I, I mean, I definitely heard that in that last song for you. It was almost like, uh, um, almost like a, an emancipation from what you'd grown up thinking and learning and, and just sort of when you come into the world and you see all these interesting ideas and these interesting places and suddenly you have a, a mind for yourself and you can express that. And, uh, that was, I felt that sort of, yeah. Yeah. I think you've said it better than I could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, cool. So uh, how, is your, uh, how is your songwriting process normally, would you say? I mean, do you, is it something that you've ever really considered or is it just sit down with the, with the guitar and see what happens? Or is there a, a process for you? Yeah, I think it's changes all the time, you know, like I used to, when I started, I would write lyrics, I would just write lyrics. And then I would, I mean, I would just, the guitar, I don't care about the guitar. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, it's there to aid the songwriting, you know, sure. 
Um, and so I used to do it where I would just have the, the lyrics and then, um, whatever fit, that's what I would put on the guitar, you know? Yeah. But now as I've gotten, um, as I've done more now, now I'm starting to have it where like the melody comes first, the guitar comes first and I put the lyrics with it later. So that's what I'm going through now. But yeah. But yeah. What about you? Um, I, traditionally speaking, I've always started from a musical perspective, interestingly enough. So it sounds to oh, me okay. you come in from a slightly different angle, which is you're effectively a poet who puts words to music. Yeah, but I'm not a poet. But, <laughs> but, but, but yeah, lyrics are more important to me. Yeah. yeah. Or it's a storyteller, maybe a storyteller, poet. You're, you you're exactly. You're the, and I, it's interesting because in my music, I would say um, the most important part of the song is always the lyrics for me. Um, mm -hmm. because that's where the story is told and I love to tell stories but I think when I'm songwriting I always start musically oh. start with or I have done historically I've started with the guitar and I've written something on the guitar and it sounds nice and then I start to usually what I do is I start to hum or sing a melody and then the natural nuance of the melody sort of tends towards certain words and then those words inspire concepts and those concepts then kind of come full circle and inspire oh them. that's neat yeah but i in recent years i've realized there's a there's got a flaw to that basically there's a sort of disjointed nature of um of that sort of thing so i've what started to consider other ways of, cyclical so i think if you if you're trying to write a song that makes sense and has a good cohesion of all its bits i think you probably have to start with the concept first rather than starting with the musicality if you know what i mean so i've i'm interested I'm, i've not done it a lot but I, i'm interested to say start from a lyrical perspective and a concept perspective with future songwriting and then write the music that underlays that rather than going mm. the way around i always go around but yeah yeah i don't know i, I suppose you know, if it works, why change it <laughs> in a way? But I'm always intrigued as to what kind of songs I come up with if I just start the other way around, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's how that's how I feel now. It's like, um, yeah, changing it around. And what I want to do, which is similar, I think, to what you're saying, is because lately or the last, you know, I don't know, in recent years, as you put it, um, mm -hmm. it's like a melody will come, you know, and then I'll put words to the melody, but then you're still starting, almost starting from like a lyrical perspective, but the music has more play in it. You know what I mean? Sure. Whereas like when I first started, it was like lyrics and whatever fits is fine. <laughs> and then like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so to kind of do both and then do the underlying music. Yeah. yeah. It's that's similar to what sure. I'm doing now. Yeah. That yeah. sort of sounds a little bit more like my historical process as it were. Oh. Um, a bit, although when I first started songwriting, I was very insecure about lyrics. I didn't really oh, yeah? relate to that. Yeah, like I, I worried a lot about how something sounded because I knew it was going into the public domain and it's all related to mm. your own personal insecurity, I suppose. But you, you sort of worry that even though basically it's only a handful of your friends who are gonna listen to the song in the beginning, in a way that's more terrifying yeah because if you write a song that absolutely that is finally honest you know you and you don't have to put up all these walls and sort of like versions of yourself in front of people and you finally say something which comes from the heart it's a, there's a, there's a, ter a terrifying moment there that somebody's going to turn around and go 
oh, that's what you're like. And you're like, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. so um, so in the beginning yeah, that was yeah. that was a struggle but i think as i as i've got older and i've, I've started to care less about that sort of stuff it's become that's much interesting. easier mm-hmm. and i think that's that's actually become my my lyrical process has become more, more fluid because of that i don't let my insecurity hold back good lyrics anymore like i used to so um, nice. I, I don't know whether there's something in there that you can relate to. Or have you always been like a of yourself? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm still not sure of myself. Something I'm working on. <laughs> it's, no, it's a long like, journey. It sure is. Um, no, when I was younger, I think I, I did not care. I was not worried about lyrics. Like, that's the part that I felt good about. I feel like I've become more insecure with lyrics as I've gotten older, which is strange. Um, Um, I think I'm starting to come around again, but, and the reason is when I was younger, I would, you know, put the lyrics out, blah, blah, blah. And they were different than what other, you know, women songwriters my age were doing. And so I felt really confident about that. You know, I was like, Oh, okay, great. I'm, I'm, I'm unique, you know, or whatever. (laughs) But then, (laughs) then as I got into my thirties, it's kind of like, you know what I mean? Like you get in your thirties and it's like, yeah, you should have lived some life by now. Like your realizations are no longer profound. (laughs) You know what I mean? So I feel like the bar is higher. So I feel a little more, I I guess insecure is the wrong word, but more like the bar is higher and I'm trying to figure out how to meet that more. And there are, you know, there's two songs on my Spotify where if I could go back, I would change a couple of the lyrics and just because like, as I learn, then I don't know, what am I trying to say? Yeah. The more that I learn in my life, the more like I would, okay, maybe I should have changed that word or whatever, you know, I don't know, yeah. but I, I, I second guess it a little more. I think sure. I'm more I careful. Think the interesting thing is that I think that's, it's a really lucid thing, isn't it? Um, the, the really lucid point you're, you're coming to, which is that um, I, I think that, the interesting thing about what you're saying, and I, I, I have a similar thing as I grow older, which is that I think there is a, t- a tendency for me, because I write a lot about philosophy in my songs anyway, you know, a lot about trying to figure out why we're here and, you know, what life's about. Yeah. You know, trying to like... Love it. Trying to like... Love yeah, it. <laughs> trying to like, I don't know, put puzzle pieces in to, to show people a bigger... And myself, myself and other people the bigger picture but the danger there is that you become so philosophical that you detach yourself from like just normal people right and so your songs become this kind of like distant almost like wishy-washy too profound thing and actually like it almost becomes generic is that like what you mean yeah almost like you 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 realize because there is a tendency with philosophy to sort of like just to start going well nothing matters you know, and then the problem with that is that actually people don't want that in music. People want to like, people want to hear their struggle and they want to yeah. hear you say like, oh, you know, fuck this and fuck that. And, and if you get too philosophical, you're just like, hey, just chill, man. You know, it's there. <laughs> and nobody wants to hear that in music. I don't know. But I, so what I'm trying to say is I think there's, there's probably, um, there's probably a pleasant naivety to sort of, allowing yourself to write kind of young lyrics sometimes to just i don't know 
reconnect with that element of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can relate to what you're saying. And like, um, I think I've gone through a wave with lyric writing where I used to be really specific in my songs, you know, and it would, yeah, or whatever. And, and then I became, some of them became uh, like more general, I guess. And then I'm realizing like, you know, you know, the sayings, like the more specific you are, the more you actually relate or people actually relate to your music in your lyrics. So now I'm trying to do more of that. Um, Is that what people say? Yeah. 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 I mean, you feel, I mean, think about the songs that you like, like you like the details of the song where you can like feel it. And even if you haven't been in the exact situation as the writer, you can relate to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like storytellers are so good at that. And like, like, um, do you know who Craig Finn is? Uh, no, I don't think so. He is a place for, or he's a guy from Hold Steady, but his songs, okay, they're depressing, but, but, <laughs> but they're very detailed and gritty. And he includes all these things that like you probably personally haven't lived through, you know what I mean? Because it's this one exact experience, but because it's so exact, you're like, Ooh, I can relate to that. And you know what I mean? And so the more specific you are, the more you, people actually can grasp onto it. That's, that's an interesting one because I, I feel like there's, I'm on this path where I've always written quite specifically, you know, quite sort of like, I'm almost like, um, I'm almost like a fine artist musician. And what I've, what I've wanted to become is more of a expressionist musician, if you know what I mean, just take an art analogy. Yeah, so like, yeah, just kind of yeah, more yeah, okay, so I got you, I got you. Give their own interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I, wait a second. Say that because I, yeah <laughs> so so for me i think i i'd love the idea of of writing a bit more um cloaked maybe if that's a fair word to use in what way with the, yeah so kind of like um what what i've noticed about like i i i delved into the world of video making with some of my oh. songs, uh last yeah. last year um, because I released some songs and I, I worked with a with a videographer and we basically created this video or a couple of videos which were very um, weird and I really enjoyed the process of doing it but it was it was much more kind of cloaked and nuanced and kind of in, in, interpretive than my songwriting and I found that when I released the videos people would come up to me excitedly to share their um idea of what they thought i was trying to portray in the video yeah yeah sure and what i learned from that and, and often they were wrong but what i learned yeah. from it is that there's something nice about providing this sort of like canvas and this sort of like blurry picture and letting other people paint their own world into it if you know what i mean so yeah. i completely agree with you it, you can't be too i don't think you can be too random with it but i think if you if you sort of allow people to sort of pick up on certain things but then also create their own world into that music that's a real that's a real place to be i think and i think maybe i've always For been sure. literal with my music from that perspective i see yeah i mean i think i definitely think like the space is important and what you're talking about it being interpretive like i don't mean that you when i say like be specific i don't mean that you have to be like this is what happened and be sure, straightforward. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess I just mean... the shop and then right, 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 right. some milk, you know. <laughs> right, right. 
No, there's, there's yeah. a balance for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'd love to hear one of your philosophical songs. I'm glad you, you said that because if you'd said, I'd love to hear a love song, I, that wasn't the song that I was going to play. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. um, yes, I will. I tell you what, I'm going to play a song. This is it's a song called Just Be. <laughs> and um, it's, it is a bit of a, it's a philosophical one and it's, it's quite a, I would say a little bit of a, compared to what and how I normally write, it's quite superficial. Um, in the fact okay. that it's sort of like, it is a little bit blatant um, with the songwriting. It's basically about being in the present moment and not worrying too much about the past or the future. Um, but I wrote it after I watched, I don't know if you've seen the film uh, Inside Lewin Davis. No, I don't watch movies very much and the uh, ones I watch are just trash. <laughs> if you are going to watch a movie, I would recommend it. It's basically about a singer-songwriter in the time of Bob Dylan, who plays the New York oh. scene, uh, plays the Gaslight Tavern where Bob Dylan was, was found. But it's the story of his failure in music, not the story of Bob Dylan's success. So that it's sounds really, awful. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really, it's a really good. It's it's Coen Brothers film. It's kind of like dark comedy. Okay. It's I, I really recommend it, especially as a, as a songwriter you like yourself. But anyway, so I I watched this movie and I was so. Uh, it's the score is done by Marcus Mumford from Mumford and Sons, and okay. it's a fantastic film with fantastic music and this sort of song came out of that thing i guess that kind of genre um for my guitars that i tuned to anyway it's called just beat and it goes a little bit like this Just be home. 
Nothing. Wait. What is it? Come. So come, come do, do nothing, nothing with me. me. Uphill, yeah. We'll wander free. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I, when I was singing it, I, I sort of like, I thought actually this is Hannibal will like this because it's basically I do like it. Our lives, right? <laughs> it's sort of like that. I think I wrote it because I went through a in my twenties. I, I, I did a corporate job and I got kind of wrapped up in that whole kind of objective-based success thing where you know you um and karen's also second karen uh is uh, a fan of mine she loves that song so uh, yeah, that was for you karen oh, <laughs> <laughs> um and um I, yeah so i got wrapped up in this sort of this world of more 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 materialism money things and it just wasn't me and i think i was just being i sort of like felt like society had well, not that society had lied to me, but I'd, I'd, I wasn't part of that thing. Yeah. And I realised I don't actually need anything. You know, I really, for me, it's just, we're just journey people going from A to B. And when we get to B, that's kind of it. And um, I just don't, I don't get any pleasure from accumulation of stuff. But I love, I love going out there and experiencing things. And so I, I, that was kind of a, almost like a protest song against the idea yeah. of this kind of, you know society where we have to have stuff you know so yeah but i'm really glad you liked it yeah and um long may us both wander free was all i can yeah. say <laughs> and actually, i love sure. the, i love the idea that you said um of um house sitting around the world that's a cool thing to do so yeah it's how did you get really... into I uh, I saw something years ago and it was always in the back of my head from like a travel blogger that I had followed and uh, and he had written about it. And so it was always kind of in my mind. And then, um, yeah, I don't know when uh, my fiance and I, when we uh, got together, we, he was like in the middle of his own trip across the U S and kind of didn't really have uh, specific plans. And I was like, I want to, go spend some time in Europe. And so we ended up going to Europe together after like four months of knowing each other. And, um, and we start house sitting it, basically you just like, there's a couple of, uh, websites. It's just like, um, couch surfing or something, but you know, for house sitting, yeah, it's really big in the UK. And, um, 
And we were like, what the hell? We'll give it a shot. You know, we'll, we'll make a profile and see what happens. And so we made this profile. And then the next day we had like four responses and it, we were like, whoa, crazy. So, so we to, you to get you to come to their house to sit the house. Yeah. So, well, what happens is just like, yeah. So people will put up their, you know, they have their profile and they put up like, Hey, we're going on vacation. We need somebody to watch our dog. And oh. you apply for that job. What's your favorite place in the UK? Uckfield. Uckfield. <laughs> because, oh, because Uckfield is my favorite place in the UK because <laughs> of <laughs> that's where we spent the most time. And so like I joined a karate club there, you know, my <laughs> friends are near there. So like, um, I really like that. I know it's just a small town, but, um, but there are lots of lovely places in the UK. Um, yeah, so you, they put up their thing, you apply, and then they write you back and say, okay, um, let's have a chat, a video chat, so that you can both kind of feel each other out. And then if that works out, then you, then you go. And so we were in Washington, D.C. when we sent these messages, and we get this message back from this woman, and she's living in, in the middle of the Marai in Paris, and she's like, hey, I'm going to be up in Normandy She's like, I don't have a pet, but my apartment needs a coat of white paint if you want to come here and paint my apartment. And so we were like, okay. And so two <laughs> weeks later, we were in Paris, like just right there, you know, and we didn't know anything about Paris either. Like I generally, I like to like learn something about it before I go. Um, but in this case, we just sort of rushed over and we painted this woman's apartment we both uh, work online. And so we would like, we would be painting. We're not professional painters. She knew that, <laughs> you know, we'd be painting, we'd be working and then we'd be just walking around and just seeing what was going on, you know, and eating a Amazing. lot of bread and cheese. And it was yeah. great. And we just never stopped. Well, until March. <laughs> yeah. 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 Incredible. So, I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, I, I love the idea of being a digital nomad. And um, I think for, for me, music works really well. I mean, I've, over the last few years, I've built up um, as much as I, as, as well as I could, I've tried to build up a touring network, which unfortunately yeah. is more complex politically now because of, you know, we're, we're leaving the EU. Um, but um, for me, there's something that's deep-seated in my soul about traveling around. And I mean, I think if I was born, you know, 800 years ago, I would have just been basically one of these people who wanders. You know, it's sort of like it turns sure. up somewhere and goes, hey, do you need some help? You know, like, uh -huh. <laughs> and um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's interesting because I think a lot of, there is this undercurrent of people who love that sort of thing, but it's certainly not something that's particularly normalized, I guess, in the modern world in the West, that you just yeah. like, live online and, and work online, but it's, it's becoming I think more, it's becoming more normal, yeah. yeah. Especially with COVID, actually, I think it's really turned people's heads around on what is possible. Um, mm -hmm. So that's it's going to be interesting to see how the next sort of like 10, 20 years evolves, having gone through this process of like, well, actually, we, the system still runs if we're all online. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I don't see myself settling down any anywhere really for a while. Yeah. I don't really see myself. I just can't. I just can't even picture it. <laughs> Although the dream is to have to like eventually have long-term residency in some country in Europe so that we can move around. 
yeah. more freely because yeah. right now it's like, you know, you can stay six months in the UK, you can stay three months in your, in Europe, but you got, you know, you got to stay three months and you got to go to the UK, then you got to go back or, you know, leave Europe altogether. And yeah. so, yeah, the dream is like long-term residency and we found, sorry, I'm like <laughs> on a tangent, but in the <laughs> Netherlands, there's like this old treaty like post-war treaty between America and the Netherlands. And so you can start a business there for very little money and, and it can be any business and then you can have a long-term visa there. So that's a possibility. Yeah. Well, I actually used um, to live in Holland. So I was there for four years. And um, yeah. I remember that being said that it was, Holland was trying to make it very easy for people to come and set stuff up in Holland, you know, um, very favorable. So, yeah. And I, I love, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit, the only thing with Holland I've, I've found is it's a little bit kind of like monotone, maybe culturally, <laughs> you know, but, but, but if you, but if you, but I mean, but everything works and the people are great. Um, but yeah, I'd say, you know, a little, a little monotone, may, maybe slightly beige, as I've had to say. This always happens, believe it or not, it's seven minutes to the hour already. So fast. Yeah, so, so time actually flies on these things. So I was wondering whether you would be interested in maybe playing one more song for us. Before yeah, you definitely. That'd sure. be amazing. Sure. And please, please let me know, um, you know, what it, what's the song title and what the, what it's about, and maybe a little bit of sure. background. That'd be great. Um, so this song, this song is called Solid Sediment. Um, it's not online. I haven't recorded it, but it's a couple years old. Um, this song is about, I wrote it after somebody that I, um, knew of, didn't really like know personally, but knew of in the festival circuit. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, you get like pop-ups on your phone. I get the odd pop-ups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's saying like, oh, I missed it, but I don't know how to tell him that it's still going on. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I've had people try and ring me while I'm actually, they've come online and they've tried to ring my phone whilst watching <gasps> me online. And I'm like, why are you trying to ring my phone? <laughs> anyway. Sorry, I, I can't laugh though, because you had to walk me through how to do this. So. <laughs> <laughs> You've done it very well. You, oh, thank you. you. Every week from now on. <laughs> yeah, so this, um, he had died, and then this was a response to that song. So it's basically like contemplation of, you know, mortality and what happens after we die and people that we lose and our love for them. So, all right. I'm going to take another sip of water really quick. All right. side of a mountain attesting a balance and I I'd never really heard of such a wisdom weary rock oh, 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 oh. collecting tips and tricks of the trade become 
a master before it's too late. to find out another one of us is gone and each time each time it gets harder to hold on to the myths you were told when you were young they go i am solid no you are sediment no you'll be washed away they go i am solid no swirling around in different form that you've merely changed consciousness you are solid no you are sediment no you'll be washed away we are solid no you're swirling around in different form that you've merely changed consciousness thank you very cool very cool i really like that Thanks. that's really nice thank you um but you said you that's not been released yeah, I mean, I haven't recorded it, but I think I'm I think I might because um you know, honestly, I thought it was too generic when I wrote it. 
but, because, but it's interesting because I, I I think that's I mean not that I enjoy the genericism, but I think I think I don't know, I, I, I really I just really liked it. I think people it, respond it, well to that song and yeah. it surprises me. I don't know if you have the same thing where like you're surprised by what people like. You know, I think it, when you're all the time. Right? Especially so some like when you, that I've written and then somebody goes, Oh, that's my favorite song and I'm like, What? How can you be yeah. so wrong about that? <laughs> you know? Yeah, but it's nice though because it, it really does like I think it's great to have the reflection because I can get caught up in my head and so to hear like what people really connect with, like that's that's cool. So i I think I'll probably end up recording that one. Yeah. But, um Maybe it's Yeah, it's so so funny. Yeah, yeah, twenty twenty one. But speaking of which, um what does the, the next sort of twelve months ish hold for you? Are you like or are you just sort of sucking well, the <laughs> <laughs> We are here until April and then um the plan up until two weeks ago or one week ago. Um and it's still still the plan. But the plan is to go back to the UK to Uckfield. Um but I I don't know what the situation will be or like what travel will be like or whatever. But the plan is to leave the US in April, May ish and go somewhere that is in, in a COVID safe way, you know, somewhere that's safe and hopefully well, it's coming to the UK in spring summer. I will be in the UK in spring summer, so we should definitely oh. link up somewhere. That'd be really cool. Yeah, that would be really fun. I'm gonna try and base myself in the southwest, but I'm actually gonna be pretty much all over the place because in May I have a, a tour around the UK. So Oh, Oh, just, okay. I was trying to play a gig in Brighton actually, but I just struggled to get any contacts there. So anyway. there's um, I can send you, I can send you one. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, cool. So I think we've pretty much come to the end of our hour actually. So, but I'd like to say, and also uh, Susie, uh, Susie, um, one of my fans. Um, and friends now uh, so she really liked it and you should definitely record your song so there you go thanks Susie thank you very much so um but um uh, if anybody watching would like to find out more about you is there where's the best place to go to do you have obviously you've got the Instagram account um Spotify great Spotify, place to go. Yeah. go go give Hannah a follow on Spotify um anything else you'd like to big up while we've got the chance Let's see. Um, I'm releasing a new single January 22nd, and I'm really proud of the way it came out. So I'm releasing it on January 21st. Oh, are you really? Oh, <laughs> release yeah. party? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We should do something together. Maybe we should do a little, uh, maybe we should do another one of these in like January the 23rd, be... and we can talk about our release. Yeah. That would be really fun, actually. I would love to do that. I think that would be really cool. cool. Okay. Sounds good. All yeah. right. I have a feeling I might be on the road, so I might try and get to France in, on that weekend. But yeah, How are you going to go to France? Well, um, hopefully by van, take my van down there. Um, and I did, I last winter I stayed in my van in the Alps the whole, the whole season. I saw, I, rem yeah. I remember you drinking tea in the van. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, actually. It was chilly on occasion, but it was great. But um, I'm just gonna, my, my loose plan is to go out there late January. Um, okay. But I mean, I'll just have to play it by ear because who knows what the COVID restrictions gonna be like. So I think they're going yeah. back into lockdown actually next week, France. So uh, maybe it'll be end, end of February by the time we get out there, but we'll see. But um, anyway. Um, I hope you get out there. 
Yeah, me too. Like, and I hope you get back to the UK soon as well. That'd be yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. This has just been, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> anyway, um, thanks so much, Hannah. It's been an absolute pleasure Thank talking you. to you today. And let's do it again sometime. And um, have a wonderful day. I'm going to, it's the evening here, so I'm going to go and find some food, I think. But uh, I will nice. catch you next time. All right. Thanks, Jeremy. All right, cheers. This is super fun. Bye. Thank you very much for tuning into this episode of Jazzology. If you liked what you heard and you'd like to help the podcast grow, then please share, like, and subscribe on all your favorite social media channels and podcast platforms. If you'd like to know more about my guest, Hannah Rebecca, you can check out her stuff at hannahrebecca.com. If you'd like to know more about me, Jeremy Johnson, you can head over to jeremyjohnson.co.uk. Thanks very much and see you next time. Gone.